Section 5 of Drake by Alfred Noyes. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Cynthia Moyer. Book 3, Part 1. Now in the cabin of the Golden Hind, at dusk, Drake sent for Doughty. From one wall, the picture of his love looked down on him and on the table lay the magic chart drawn on a buffalo horn all small peaked isles dwarf promontories tiny twisted creeks and fairy harbors under elfin hills with marvellous inscriptions lined in red as here is gold or many rubies here or where witchcraft or here is cannibals for in his great simplicity the man delighted in it with the adventurous heart of boyhood poring o'er some well-thumbed tale on blue twelfth night beside the crimson fire and o'er him like a vision of a boy in his first knighthood when upon some hill washed by the silver fringes of the sea amidst the purple heather he lies and reads of arthur and avalon like a star his love's pure face looked down there doughty came half fearful half defiant with a crowd of jostling half excuses on his lips and one dark swarm of adders in his heart for now what light of chivalry remained in doughty's mind was thickening with a plot subtler and deadlier than the serpent's first attempt on our first sire in eden bower drake with a countenance open as the sun received him saying forgive me friend for i was hasty with thee i well nigh forgot those large and liberal nights we too have passed in this old cabin telling all our dreams and hopes in friendship o'er and o'er again but vickery thy friend hath talked with me and now i understand thou shalt no more be vexed with a divided mastership indeed i trust thee doughty wilt thou not be friends with me for now in ample proof thou shalt take charge of this my golden hind in all things save of seamanship which rests with the ship's master under my command but i myself will sail upon the prize and with the word he gathered up the chart took down his lady's picture with a smile gripped doughty's hand and left him staring sheer bewildered with that magnanimity of faith throughout all shadows in some light unseen behind the shadows thus did drake give up his own fair cabin which he loved being it seemed a little travelling home fragrant with memories gave it as he thought in recompense to one whom he had wronged for even as his mind must ever yearn to shores beyond the sunset even so he yearned 
through all dark shadows to his friend and with his greater nature striving still to comprehend the lesser as the sky embraces our low earth he would adduce justifications thus these men of law are trained to plead for any and every cause to feign an indignation or to prove the worse is better and that black is white small wonder that their passion goes astray there is one prayer one prayer for all of us enter not into judgment with thy servant yet as his boat pulled toward the spanish prize leaving the golden hind far off he heard a voice that chilled him as the voice of fate crying like some old bellman through the world yes oh yes if any seek laughter flown or lost delight glancing eye or rosy cheek love shall claim his own to-night say hath any lost a friend yes oh yes let his distress in my ditty find its end yes oh yes here all is found kingly palaces await each its rightful owner crowned king and consecrate under the wet and wintry ground yes oh yes there sure redress lies where all is lost and found and doughty though drake's deed of kindness flashed a moment's kind contrition through his heart immediately with all his lawyer's wit true to the cause that hired him laughed it by and straight began to weave the treacherous web of soft intrigue wherein he meant to snare the passions of his comrades night and day as that small fleet drove onward o'er the deep cleaving the sunset with their bright black prows or hunted by the red pursuing dawn he stirred between the high-born gentlemen whose white and jewelled hands gallant in fight and hearts remembering crecy and poitiers were of scant use in common seamanship between these and the men whose rough tarred arms were good at equal need in storm or war yet took a poorer portion of the prize he stirred a subtle jealousy and fanned a fire that swiftly grew almost to hate for when the seamen must take precedence of loiterers on the deck through half a word small with intense device like some fierce lens he magnified their rude and blustering mode or urged some scented fop whose idle brain busied itself with momentary whims to bid the master alter here a sail or there a rope and if the man refused doughty at night across the wine-cups raved against the rising insolence of the mob and hinted drake himself was half to blame 
in words that seemed to say i am his friend or i should bid you think him all to blame so fierce indeed the strife became that once while chester doughty's cat's paw played with fire the grim shipmaster growled between his teeth remember sir remember ere too late magellan's mutinous vice-admiral's end and doughty heard and with a boisterous laugh slapped the old sea-dog on the back and said the gallows are for dogs not gentlemen meanwhile his brother sly john doughty sought to fan the seaman's fear of the unknown world with whispers and conjectures and at night he brought old books of greek and hebrew down into the forecastle claiming by their aid a knowledge of black art and power to tell the future which he dreadfully displayed there in the flickering light of the oily lamp bending above their huge and swarthy palms and tracing them to many a grisly doom so many a night and day westward they plunged the half-moon ripened to its mellow round dwindled again and ripened yet again and there was naught around them but the grey ruin and roar of huge atlantic seas and only like a memory of the world they left behind them rose the same great sun and daily rolled his chariot through their sky whereof the skilled musicians made a song the same sun is o'er us the same love shall find us the same and none other wherever we be with the same goal before us the same home behind us england our mother ringed round with the sea when the breakers charged thundering in thousands all round us with a lightning of lances up hurtled on high when the stout ships were sundering a rapture hath crowned us like the wild light that dances on the crests that flash by when the waters lay breathless gazing at hesper guarding the golden fruit of the tree heard we the deathless wonderful whisper wafting the olden dream of the sea no land in the ring of it now all around us only the splendid resurging unknown how should we sing of it this that hath found us by the great sun attended in splendour alone ah the broad miles of it white with the onset of waves without number warring for glee ah the soft smiles of it down to the sunset holy for slumber the peace of the sea the wave's heart exalted leaps forward to meet us the sun on the sea wave lies white as the moon the soft sapphire vaulted deep heaven smiles to greet us free sons of the free wave all singing one tune the same sun is o'er us 
the same love shall find us the same and none other wherever we be with the same goal before us the same home behind us england our mother queen of the sea at last a faint flushed april dawn arose with milk-white arms upbinding golden clouds of fragrant hair behind her lovely head and lo before the bright black plunging prows the whole sea suddenly shattered into shoals of rolling porpoises everywhere they tore the glittering water like a moving crowd of black bright rocks washed smooth by foaming tides they thrilled the unconscious fancy of the crews with subtle wild and living hints of land and soon columbus's happy signals came the signs that saved him when his mutineers despaired at last and clamoured to return and there with awe triumphant in their eyes they saw lazily tossing on the tide a drift of seaweed and a buried branch which silenced them as if they had seen a hand writing with fiery letters on the deep then a black cormorant vulture of the sea with neck outstretched and one long ominous honk went hurtling past them to its unknown born a mighty white-winged albatross came next then flight on flight of clamorous clanging gulls and last a wild and sudden shout of land echoed from crew to crew across the waves then dumb upon the rigging as they hung staring at it a menace chilled their blood for like il gran nemico of dante dark ay coloured like a thunder-cloud from north to south in front there slowly rose to sight a country like a dragon fast asleep along the west with wrinkled purple wings ending in ragged forests o'er its spine and with great craggy claws outthrust that turned as the dire distances dissolved their veils to promontories bounding a huge bay there o'er the hushed and ever shallower tide the staring ships drew nigh and thought is this the dragon of our golden apple tree the guardian of the fruit of our desire which grows in gardens of the hesperides where those three sisters weave a white-armed dance around it everlastingly and sing strange songs in a strange tongue that still convey warning to heedful souls nearer they drew and now indeed from out a soft blue-gray mingling of colours on that coast's deep flank there crept a garden of enchantment height o'er height a garden sloping from the hills wooded as with aladdin's trees that bore all coloured clustering gems instead of fruit 
now vaster as it grew upon their eyes and like some roman amphitheatre cirque above mighty cirque all round the bay with jewels and flowers ablaze on women's breasts innumerably confounded and confused while lovely faces flushed with lust of blood rank above rank upon their tawny thrones in soft barbaric splendour lapped and lulled by the low thunderings of a thousand lions luxuriously smiled as they bent down over the scarlet splashed and steaming sands to watch the white-limbed gladiators die such fears and dreams for francis drake at least rose and dissolved in his nigh-fevered brain as they drew near that equatorial shore for rumours had been borne to him and now he knew not whether to impute the wrong to his untrustful mind or to believe doughty a traitorous liar yet there seemed proof and to spare a thousand shadows rose to mock him with their veiled indicative hands and each alone he laid and exercised but for each doubt he banished one returned from darker depths to mock him o'er again so in that bay the little fleet sank sail and anchored and the wild reality behind those dreams towered round them on the hills or so it seemed and drake bade lower a boat and went ashore with sixteen men to seek water and as they neared the embowered beach over the green translucent tide there came a hundred yards from land a drowsy sound immeasurably repeated and prolonged as of innumerable elfin drums dreamily mustering in the tropic bloom this from without they heard across the waves but when they glided into a flowery creek under the sharp black shadows of the trees yucca and mango and palm and red festoons of garlanded liana wreaths it ebbed into the murmur of the mighty fronds prodigious leaves whose veinings bore the fresh impression of the fingerprints of god there hummingbirds like flakes of purple fire upon some passing seraph's plumage beat and quivered in blinding blots of golden light between the embattled cactus and cardoon while one huge whisper of primeval awe seemed to await the cool green eventide when god should walk his garden as of old now as the boats were plying to and fro between the ships and that enchanted shore drake bade his comrades tarry a little and went apart alone into the trackless woods tormented with his thoughts he saw all round once more the battling image of his mind where there was naught of man only the vast unending silent struggle of titan trees 
large internecine twistings of the world, the hushed death grapple and the still intense locked anguish of Laocoons that gripped death by the throat for thrice three hundred years, once, like a subtle mockery overhead, some black-armed chattering ape swung swiftly by, but he strode onward, thinking, was it false, false all that kind outreaching of the hands, false? Was there nothing certain, nothing sure, in those divinest aisles and towers of time wherein we took sweet counsel? Is there naught sure but the solid dust beneath our feet? Must all those lovelier fabrics of the soul, being so divinely bright and delicate, waver and shine no longer than some poor prismatic airy bubble? Aye, they burst, and all their glory shrinks into one tear no bitterer than some idle lovelorn maid sheds for her dead canary god it hurts this this hurts most to think how we must miss what might have been for nothing but a breath a babbling of the tongue an argument or such a poor contention as involves the thrones and dominations of this earth. How many of us, like seed on barren ground, must miss the flower and harvest of their prayers, the living light of friendship and the grasp which, for its very meaning once implied, eternities of utterance and the life immortal of two souls beyond the grave. Now, wandering upward ever, he reached and clomb the slope-side of a fern-fringed precipice, and, at the summit, found an opening glade, whence, looking o'er the forest, he beheld the sea, and, in the landlocked bay below, far, far below, his elfin tiny ships all six at anchor on the crawling tide. Then, onward, upward, through the woods once more, he plunged with bursting heart and burning brow, and, once again, like madness, the black shapes of doubt swung through his brain and chattered and laughed, till he upstretched his arms in agony and cursed the name of Doughty, cursed the day they met, cursed his false face and courtier smiles. For, oh, he cried, how easy a thing it were for truth to wear the garb of truth. This proves his treachery. And there, at once, his thoughts tore him another way, as thus. And yet, if he were false, is he not subtle enough to hide it, why, this proves his innocence, this very courtly carelessness which I, black-hearted, evil thinker as I am, in my own clumsier spirit so misjudge. These children of the court are butterflies, fluttering hither and thither, and I, poor fool, would fix them to a stem and call them flowers, nay, 
bid them grasp the ground like towering oaks and shadow all the zenith and yet again the madness of distrustful friendship gleamed from his fierce eyes o oh, villain damned villain god's murrain on his heart i know full well he hides what he can hide he wears no fault upon the gloss and frippery of his breast it is not that it is the hidden things unseizable the things i do not know i it is these 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 and these alone that i mistrust and as he walked the skies grew full of threats and now enormous clouds rose mammoth-like above the ensanguined deep trampling the daylight out and with its death dyed purple rushed along as if they meant to obliterate the world he took no heed though that strange blackness brimmed the branching aisles with horror he strode on till in the gloom just as his winding way came out once more over a precipice that o'erlooked the bay there as he went not gazing down but up he saw what seemed a ponderous granite cliff a huge ribbed shell upon a lonely shore left by forgotten mountains when they sank back to earth's breast like billows on a sea a tall and whispering crowd of tree ferns waved mysterious fringes round it in their midst he flung himself at its broad base with one sharp shivering cry of pain show me thy ways o god teach me thy paths i am in the dark lighten my darkness almost as he spoke there swept across the forest far and wide gathering power and volume as it came a sound as of a rushing mighty wind and overhead like great black gouts of blood wrung from the awful forehead of the night the first drops fell and ceased then suddenly out of the darkness earth with all her seas her little ships at anchor in the bay five ebony ships upon a sheet of silver drake saw not that indeed drake saw not that her woods her boughs her leaves her tiniest twigs leapt like a hunted stag through one immense lightning of revelation into the murk of erebus then heaven or rending heaven shattered and crashed down ruin over the world but in that deeper darkness francis drake stood upright now and with blind outstretched arms groped at that strange forgotten cliff and shell of mystery for in that flash of light eons had passed and now the thing in front made his blood freeze with memories that lay behind his memory in the gloom he groped and with dark hands that knew not what they knew as one that shelters in the night unknowing 
beneath a stranded shipwreck with a cry he touched the enormous rain-washed belted ribs and bones like battlements of some mastodon embedded there until the trump of doom after long years long centuries perchance triumphantly some other pioneer would stand where drake now stood and read the tale of ages where he only felt the cold touch in the dark of some huge mystery yet drake might still be nearer to the light who now was whispering from his great deep heart show me thy ways o god teach me thy paths and there by some strange instinct oh he felt god's answer there as if he grasped a hand across a gulf of twice ten thousand years and he regained his lost magnificence of faith in that great harmony which resolves our discords faith through all the ruthless laws of nature in their lovely pitilessness faith in that love which outwardly must wear through all the sorrows of eternal change the splendour of the indifference of god all round him through the heavy purple gloom sloped the soft rush of silver-arrowed rain loosening the sky's hard anguish as with tears once more he felt his unity with all the vast composure of the universe and drank deep at the fountains of that peace which comprehends the tumult of our days but with that peace the power to act returned and with his back against the mastodon he stared through the great darkness towards the sea the rain ceased for a moment only the slow drip of the dim droop-feathered palms all round deepened the hush then out of the gloom once more the whole earth leapt to sight with all her woods her boughs her leaves her tiniest twigs distinct for one wild moment but drake only saw the white flash of her seas and there oh there that landlocked bay with those five elfin ships five elfin ebony ships upon a sheet of wrinkled silver then as the thunder followed one thought burst through his brain one ship was gone end of book three part one